0: Hello friends and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello friends and welcome back. So glad you joined us today. have my postcard from Punta Gorda, Florida today from Gary and Gay Graham. Thanks guys for writing in. Beautiful postcard and pray for uh, the Grams. They attend church in Port Charlotte, Florida, and they got hit bad by the hurricane and their church is really severely damaged uh, but that hasn't damaged their enthusiasm, their love for the Lord. And so, Grahams, thanks for listening to the podcast, sending me this beautiful postcard. And I've got to admit, I'd love to be in Florida today. It's a, I'm ready for winter to be over here in Virginia. Uh, the older I get, the harder it is for me to stay warm. People think that my office is like a, a nursing home. I just keep it so warm. But hey, I'm fine. Judge away. I'm going to keep it warm. Uh, here we are in Mark chapter 9. In in our Bible. And Jesus is dealing with a faithless group of disciples. We we saw that in the story about the man who had the demoniac son, whom the disciples could not help. And then we see it again as Jesus reiterates the fact that he will die, he will be buried, he will rise again. That's the gospel message but they're not understanding. They're not getting it. This is so foreign to their understanding of who Messiah is, what they've always been taught, and they're afraid. Uh, They're afraid to ask him uh, clarifying questions. So I want you to pick it up here in verse number 33, uh, where the Bible says he came to Capernaum. So that should mean something to you by now. We've talked about Capernaum On many occasions, it was Capernaum that Jesus adopted as his headquarters after the rejection at Nazareth. Jesus had initially offered himself to his own people. We read about that in Luke chapter 4, but uh, they just couldn't believe that their hometown boy, the one with whom they had grown up, was the Messiah. And in essence, they rejected him. Their lack of faith astounded Jesus. There we are again on lack of faith. And Jesus instead chose to go to Capernaum. And in Capernaum, he did so many of his miracles. And we've talked about a number of them. But remember, Capernaum itself rejected Jesus. Oh, they accepted him for a time. They saw some great things happen. But they're at that sermon at the synagogue of Capernaum. Many of his disciples turned from him and walked away. We've already talked about this. This happened the day after the feeding of the 5,000. So great was the departure of the disciples from Jesus in Capernaum that Jesus actually called condemnation upon Capernaum. Woe unto you, Capernaum, he said about the city. If the mighty works which were done in thee had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and in ashes. So with great opportunity comes great responsibility. And so Jesus is back now in Capernaum, albeit kind of uh, not demonstrably, uh, a little bit incognito. Remember, he's telling his disciples, don't make a big deal about it. And so the Bible says in verse number 33, that he came to Capernaum and being in the the house, he asked them. So they they went to a private place and uh, much of Mark chapter nine and the latter half is Jesus just teaching and clarifying to his own disciples in private places. And so he asks them a question in verse number 33. He says, "What, what was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? So have you ever been on a hike with a bunch of people? If you have, then you know that the the group kind of gets spread out and you'll walk for a while with this one or with that one. One of my favorite things to do in the Holy Land is to hike. And we've done a, a number of different hikes. And anytime we hike, the same thing happens. I'll walk with this one for a while or these two or that group and we'll get into some private conversation. But this group's up here talking, that group's back there talking. And so it was that while Jesus was traveling with his disciples, uh, they were in their groups and they were talking and they were arguing with each other. Now, did Jesus know what they were arguing about? Of course he did. Um, and yet graciously, he asks them, Hey guys, what what were you arguing about when we were walking down that path? What what were you uh, having a problem with? Now understand this, that Jesus is never going to ask you a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. So Jesus doesn't ask us questions for his benefit, as if he's on a fact-finding mission or if he just needs to know some things. No, he is omniscient. He knows already. Jesus doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know. Jesus asks questions because we don't know. And so the questions are not for his benefit, but for ours. Guys, what were you arguing about? And watch what happens here in verse number 34. But they held their peace. So they got their hand caught in the cookie jar. Uh, They were arguing about who's the greatest and who's going to have the higher position in the kingdom. I mean, after all, they've identified Jesus as the Messiah. So they're still kind of staying on Their preconception of Messiah. Well, I know Jesus is talking about death and suffering and all that, but we don't understand that. We're not going to ask questions about that. What we do know is Messiah, ruling, reigning, general, king, and we get to have some notoriety because we're his key men. So they're arguing about greatness, aren't they? And when Jesus says, What are you arguing about? Well, it's it's a little bit self-condemning to say, well, Jesus, what we were arguing about is just how great we are, who's going to be the best. And yeah, it's a little bit, um, humbling to have to answer that question. So Jesus asked the question, they held their peace. Nobody answered for, by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest so that they just could not find a, an adequate way to answer that question without making themselves look bad. So the next best, the best thing is just be quiet. Look at verse number 35. And, and he sat down and called the 12 and said unto them. So now here we are. He, he said, now guys, okay, sit down. Uh, guys, everyone come over here. All, I want to talk to all of you. Uh, I need to to teach you something. So this is going to be good. Verse number 35, he called the 12, he saith unto them, if any man desire to be first. So now he's speaking not just to action, but he's speaking to motivation. If you desire to be first. So he's going right at the heart level, isn't he? That's what the word of God does. Jesus is the embodiment of God's word. God's word goes right to our motives. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents what we decide to do of our of our of our heart. So he says, "If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all." So Jesus says, I want to teach you something about my kingdom. I'm going to teach you something that is counterintuitive to the way the world looks at things, the way governments look at things, and honestly, guys, the way that you're looking at things. Because if we're not careful, the world's values, society's values, the values even of a wicked government like Rome, if we're not careful, they will become our values too might makes right. Whoever has the most status, whoever has the most power, whoever has the most toys, you know, he wins. And Jesus is saying that is not the way to look at it. Verse number 36, and he took a child. So, so often when Jesus wanted to make a pointed lesson, he would use an object lesson, whether it be a parable that they could envision or whether it would be just an actual object that he would hold in his hand or something at which he would point. In this case, he takes an, an actual child. And the Bible says, He took a child and set him in the midst of them. So think about it. He's having this conversation. There's 12 men. He takes a child and puts the child right in the middle of the circle. He's right in the middle of the group. And the Bible says... And when he had taken him in his arms, he saith unto them. So this is a smaller child. Can you picture maybe a a four-year-old? Can you picture just a, a little boy, a little girl perhaps? And he takes this little child and holds this child in his arms right in the middle of all these guys. And the Bible says in verse number 37, whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, Receiveth me. Whosoever shall receive me, wh- whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. So, do you really want to honor God? Do you really want to be first? Do you really want to have a position of status and honor? Like, what could be more honorable than welcoming God, that ha- saving a seat for God, for Christ? And Jesus said, now, listen, when you treat this little child who can do nothing in return for you, who can offer you no status, no reward, no remuneration, when you treat him this way, then you're really treating me this way. When you treat me this way, you're treating my father this way. So if you really are after status and recognition and reward, then really what you would be doing is humbling yourself and reaching out to the most humble among you, not looking for some kind of an immediacy, not looking for some kind of a tit for tat, but looking for the opportunity to humbly and selflessly minister to those that have the greatest needs. Vulnerable people like little children, vulnerable people like widows, he'll say in another place, vulnerable people like the people that the world would cast out, like the publican, like the sinner, like the sick one. Those are the ones that give us the greatest opportunity to show why we really do what we do. What a teaching that, and what a rebuke that Jesus is giving. Verse number 38, and John answered, Well, you know, I'm, here's what I'm going to do, because this is a whole different story that I'm about to introduce. Let's stop there in verse number 37 and just consider that. Consider that one of the chief ways by which we minister to Christ, one of the chief ways by which we minister to God Himself, is by the way we treat people that can do nothing for us in return. And it speaks so much to our Our true motive, doesn't it? So, good teaching, I think a poignant lesson that Jesus gives his disciples here, and one that is just as applicable today as it's ever been. We'll come back to verse number 38 next time. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy everyday truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.